Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who can never resist a good butt joint joke. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right. Welcome to Wood Talk. It's show number 481 for August 19th, 2020. On today's show, we're talking about workbench vices and workbench alternatives. But before we get to that, we want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for 65 years. Head over to rockler.com and check out their customer favorite sale, which includes many of their most popular tools, innovations, and accessories. The sale runs from July 31st to August 27th, so don't miss it. Good to know, Mark. Thank you. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash woodtalk and signing up to become a patron of the show. Somebody better sign up because uh, I have no names to read this week. And what's the point <laughs> of me even doing anything? Why am I even here? If there's no, if there's no We're names, fresh out. why am I here? Good question. Uh, just, you know, you, you class to join up a bit, uh, Matt. I gotta work I like on things my image. If that's what you think I do. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. You might want to run a comb through that hair. I'm just saying. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, good stuff. Okay, well, uh, today we actually got some kickback. Uh, talking about workbenches last week, lots of people have comments and opinions on those. So we've got a few pieces of kickback that we will address now. Okay, well, this is from Elliot McCrory. See, there's some names you can read. Matt, do you want to read these names to intro each one? I seem to have a good one coming up, so I'll be, I'll be waiting in the wings, so to speak. The, the subject of Elliot's um, kickback is work, quote, bench, unquote. Why is it called a bench and not a table? YouTuber Grandpa Amu has a workbench. You guys have work tables. That's not... Okay. Um, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's shannon's uh very detailed uh, rebuttal okay so okay i don't know about uh, you but sure. i call it a workbench because i've always called it a workbench and i often sit on my workbench so it's like a bench and sure and yeah also um i, I get this a lot not this like why are you calling it a workbench i get lots of people calling it a work table like youtube commenters and inevitably, mm -hmm. they're from like an Eastern European country. So I always just assumed it was like a translation thing. Like okay. they translate whatever they call, you know, a schnitzelbank <laughs> or hobelbank into, you know, work table. <laughs> but yeah, I always personally, I always think of a table as being taller than my workbench. But I, that's just me grasping for straws. Call what you well, want. Why, to, why are we not, why are we not allowed to call a bench? A table like why is one of the definitions of a bench not it's not just this thing you sit on but it also could be something you work at i, don't and, know. I mean according to you the, me, the dictionary that is one of the definitions on a uh, miriamwebster.com so how about let's take it from a legal standpoint matt your wife is is a lawyer when you approach the bench what is that that you're approaching a table all right or there you go some kind of so, thing i don't know right that 
isn't the like isn't that where the judge is sitting? It's a, a table behind so a say, wall, a desk behind a wall, a raised desk, raised desk yeah. platform. I don't. I mean, I. I don't understand why people get so hung up on like linguistics of things. Like, just call it whatever the heck you want. I know. And that's Matt what doesn't called. understand why y'all can't just get along. Why does it matter? Why can't we just get along? Why does it matter? Uh, we know what it is. Obviously, you know what we're talking about. Just, we say workbench. So yeah, that's what's the issue. You know what Matt's we're talking about. <laughs> it's not like oh, I don't know what you're talking oh. about because you use weird word that I don't know what it means. No. What is this workbench <laughs> word? I've never heard this before. <laughs> You have to call it table. <laughs> I'm totally lost. He's going where? I mean, do what makes you happy. <laughs> wait, wait. I guess. What just but happened? If, if like worrying yeah. about what people call things makes you happy, I mean, I think you need on like like a real hobby or something to occupy your time. <laughs> sure. Well, oh, did you hear that, Elliot? From this could, day uh, on, I'm now going to say hobobonk. From now from now on, this is the episode about hobobonk. Alternative hobobonks. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And I'm just going to call myself Grandpa Amu yeah, from now on. I kind of like that. And start That'd working my new on channel. a floor bench. Grandpa Amu's work table. <laughs> I actually, I did, have you guys looked at the channel? I, I've never seen this before. Oh, it's real? I thought he was just throwing oh, yeah, yeah. it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I no, don't I know. It. it It's just a uh, little, like, a little grandpa uh, Asian. I don't know if he, you know, what, what oh, particular yeah, yeah, part yeah, of Asia. Yeah. I have seen that, like, but not on YouTube. But clearly like, an Eastern woodworking style, like, out there doing doing some cool stuff. Yeah, so okay. I, I may have to subscribe to that because it looks really cool. Yeah, I saw that. So at the very Facebook. least, Elliot, thank you for the uh, YouTube suggestion. We appreciate <laughs> that. But sorry sorry about making fun of the main, you know. Doesn't workbench uh, just sound stouter than work table? Yes. Work table just sounds flimsy. To me, a workbench sounds more purposeful. Like it, it, there's, it's going to have like a more gadgety thing going on. A work table to me sounds like, uh, like a uh, big wide assembly table. So that you might not necessarily do work at. So in future shows, do we do what's on the table? Yeah, let's do that. Because <laughs> if you said that to me, I'd be like, well, some sourdough bread and uh, <laughs> butter, butter knife, <laughs> crumbs. <laughs> so then, like, yeah, how about a stuff. desk? Or a desk is a table. Work desk. Yeah, it is a version of a a table. That's for that's, yeah. Okay, work desk. <laughs> it's right. perfectly fine. All right, I think we we beat this today. Eh, yes. Debatable. <laughs> you, you got more in the tank no, for us, Matt? No, I'm good. I'm gonna move on here <laughs> okay. to Adam's question. I think. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So Adam says first, thanks to the two of you, and I guess thanks to the other one. Okay. <laughs> Nothing more nerdy than listening to a woodworking podcast while I build wood stuff for customers. I mostly work with power tools. I use hand tools for the finishing touches. It may not matter, but I've been building woodworks as a living for years. My workbench looks like doo-doo poo-poo head, but, I will, <laughs> but it's well used. I prefer a flat bench with a white laminate top. I can draw on it and write on it. Bench dogs would be nice, but who needs a pit bull that lifts weights? I have cutoffs and clamps. It's worked for years. But truth is, I like to have slash make a work, a woodwork bench. I like building furniture more. Hashtag lazy. I don't know about lazy is really okay. the case, but you know, get it done. Not lazy, but like focused on the goal. Like what's, what's the goal as a professional woodworker is to make furniture, not make, like make shop make furniture. Money. Make furniture that makes money. Yeah. <laughs> make money. Sorry. Yeah. Good point. And then make furniture to make money. All right. That's good. Uh, I got one here from Erin. Subject is workbench casters. And she says, as a knitter, I'm not sure I should enjoy your show, (laughs) but I'll admit it's one of my favorites. In fact, I find it's something that I can listen to with both my husband and teenage daughter in the car, which is a rare thing indeed. On an episode a while back, a listener asked about an outdoor workbench setup, and I was quite surprised that you guys didn't mention workbench casters. Well, look, first, don't be surprised when we don't mention something. We don't put a whole lot of thought into the show. <laughs> We're lucky to get the show notes about? complete before we hit record. <laughs> like this is done five minutes before we hit the record button. So uh, never be surprised when we when we make a mistake. Uh, she says there are casters that flip down to allow you to move a heavy bench, but then flip back up so that the workbench has a solid footing and Rockler sells them. Anyway, today I found myself needing to do. A, oh, she said the S word. <laughs> if we say Aaron, that, we can't listen. I like she Aaron can't a listen lot with now. The water in the car. Oh, yeah, hold on. This is a family-friendly show, Aaron. So slow your roll. <laughs> all right. Take a deep breath. 
Let's not use cuss words on this show. You almost got me. You almost got me. So, okay, doing an S-ton of sanding. Uh, and without the great dust collection system or even an N95 mask, I was concerned about breathing all the sawdust. I decided to roll my bench outside, set up a fan to keep the air moving, and put up a patio umbrella for shade. It was quite lovely, and I'll uh, definitely be doing that again. Well, very cool. Thanks, Aaron. Okay. Thanks for that uh, heads well, up. We know that Aaron doesn't listen to the mid-roll ad because we did, in fact, mention those workbench casters and that Rockler sells them during the mid-roll ad. So thanks for playing, you Aaron. You are correct, sir. And uh, Aaron, nice job. <laughs> Way to go. Nice job revealing that you skipped through the mid-roll <laughs> yeah, ad. Yeah, we always suspected it, but now we know. <laughs> uh, that's the problem when you condense all the advertising into one like sequence of words, then you just kind of, you can skip over it. 30 well, seconds. Here's, here's the beauty of it. We come back to the ad again. So you can go buy your mm-hmm. casters at Rockler. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Get some mileage <laughs> yeah. out of that. Okay. So for our main topic today, we're going to first talk a little bit about uh, vices. And then uh, toward the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about uh, alternative workbench type things. Uh, so this is another evolution story, you know, us kind of talking about what we used over the course of our woodworking career, what we liked and didn't like. Um, so thinking back to my first workbench, I started with a quick release vice. It was just like this pale blue thing. I don't even know where I got it. I could have gotten it at Rockler, actually, but it was one of those <laughs> cast iron deals. Little quick release thing. And you know what? It was perfectly capable. But at the time, I don't think I even put wood uh, faces on it. I think it was just all metal. So I didn't know any better. Um, so of course, you know, you got work denting issues and there's, you know, those things can be good. And I've been thinking, you know, if I were to build some kind of other bench, not that that's happening, I I made that clear (laughs) that I'm staying with the Rubo for a long time, but a quick release vice is actually a great feature. It's a great thing to have if it's a well-made vice. Um, so, you know, there's not a whole lot wrong with it other than the fact that I got influenced by other quote unquote real woodworkers and started to think, I should have something better than this than just a quick release vice. But here's the thing. You know who has a quick release vice that's just been modified to fit onto the end of a workbench? David Marks. I'm not surprised. So it's a really good it's on quick the end release of his vice. Work table. But, oh, yes. It is a work that's table. Thank you. you Thank you're for allowed to use a, a, a cheapo vice if it's a yeah. work table. So he's got like a trestle-based design and his kind of like you would have a twin screw vice at the end of a workbench taking up the entire you know, 18, 24 inch width is a quick release vice. You know, so it's like, these are actually really good little devices. Uh, but anyway, so my second bench, I was really interested in the Veritas twin screw at the time. It was super popular. A lot of people in forums were uh, bragging about them saying how great they were. So I installed that and I got to say, I, over time, I just grew to not love it. It was too finicky and I found the chain drive on it would get loose too often Uh, And the right and left side would sort of get out of sync with one another. So that's a feature. Technically, you can actually have one slip so that you can skew it a little bit and get more clamping pressure on one side than the other. Uh, But I very seldom wanted that feature, but it would happen on its own. So I was having all kinds of issues with it. So then I was at a point of frustration by the time I started to build the Rubo. And that's when the Benchcrafted hardware, um, I kind of became aware of that. And was like, yeah, this is expensive stuff, but my goodness, like the amount of like love and attention, my goodness, that I would put into a piece of furniture. Uh, that's what these people are putting into these vices. Uh, and, and it costs an appropriate amount of money for for that love and attention. Uh, so it was the the bench crafted leg vice and the tail vice. And to this day, even as a, you know, quote unquote hybrid woodworker, I still use both of them equally. Um, there's just times where I need to pinch something between dogs. There's times where I'm doing maybe a, a small drawer side and I could use the little opening in the tail vise to with that movable block uh, so I can hold pieces vertically that way. Or I could do something similar at the leg vise. It's just the, between those two and then a set of hold fasts. I mean, I pretty much have everything I need, uh, which is kind of nice, which is why, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Andy's vice later on. Uh, but why I'd, I kind of don't want to. Rock the boat, you know, like things, things are comfortable. I would love to support Andy and I I think his new vice is fantastic, but am I going to take two out or do something to disrupt the equilibrium that is my workbench right now? No, I I can't, I can't do it. I'm doing that. (laughs) I already tried dying at once. I'm not going down that road. (laughs) I learned my lesson. Yeah, (laughs) I made made it brown. Dude, I looked at a video um, last night. Somebody asked me a question. I had to do some research on my own video. And I went back and watched it and I'm like, oh God, that was bad. <laughs> like 
I, I, I still stand behind the yeah. reason I did it because every, t- every time I edit a video, I'm constantly dealing with that, you know, glaringly bright workbench, but it still just was like, wow, that doesn't look so good. <laughs> I am glad I went back to, to a more natural, just kind of dirty, yeah. natural look. Okay. So that was me. Um, Matt, tell us oh, your history. Here it is. So I started out with, uh, let's call it a work table. Oh, ooh. And uh, mm-hmm, just kind of mm-hmm. using clamps, quick uh, quick clamps or F-style clamps to hold things down and kind of hold things in position where they need to be, which that style works out just fine for like holding things down to like work on like the face of it. But it really gets annoying mm-hmm. if you have to stand something up on end, like clamping to the front of the bench with other clamps like mm-hmm. that. It's just it's like a juggling act of holding the workpiece, trying to get the clamp in position and then get like one on the other side. And hopefully you, you get it on there without dropping the workpiece or or what have you. So it was never really efficient and I didn't find myself doing things I like purposely avoided like working on more pieces vertically. So if like I was trying to saw something, I, instead of standing up vertically, I would just like lay it down on the bench and try and saw it horizontally, which <laughs> did you get you actually get on top of the bench to see? I didn't, I didn't see way. any Shannon stuff back then. So <laughs> I I like sit on the floor. I like squat on the floor and try yeah. to do that. But yeah, it was like this is good. So I'm like, I go back to fiddling, going back to fiddling with the clamps, trying to stand things up again. But it was never again. It was like it's not super efficient. And it wasn't fun. I'm like, I want to be. I don't want to be like mm-hmm. spending my time figuring out how to hold things. I want to like get them held and so I can get to work. Um. So and we talked about it last time, but I got one of those quick, well, not quick release, the cheapy pony workbench, wood work, woodworking vice steel jaw one things. I slapped one of those on my sure. bench and I was like, holy crap, I can just like drop my workpiece in here and turn this knob thing and I, don't, I can do like one handed or I don't have to have four hands to clamp a workpiece for holding. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty big moment for me. And uh, all of a sudden I thought this is a lot more fun. And for I was like 40 bucks or 30 bucks, whatever they were, I bought a second one. So I had a face vice and an end vice, but I still didn't use the dogs or anything. So the fact that I had an end vice was the fact that I had a, a a vice on the end of the bench. There's no different. There's no differentiation between it being an end vice versus a face vice because they're exactly the same. Yeah, the location. <laughs> it's just oh, this right. one's over here and this one's over there. Okay, cool. I have two uh, two vices in case I want to work on this side of the bench or if I want to work over here, uh, depending on the light coming in from the window that day. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, and then, um, nice. I built a, a smaller bench for the basement in that, uh, in that shop. And I moved those vices onto it. Same thing. One vice on the end, one on the face, but the position had no relevance on the actual function of that vice. Um, and then after that, I got the, uh, the bench crafted hardware for the Rubo, which I built. And I've had that for five years now, six, six years, holy crap, six years mm-hmm. now or so. Um, that nice. moving to that even like step things up even further. Cause now I'm like, okay, I can really hold things vertically without much issue. The nice thing with the leg vice is you can clamp things to the left or the right side of the screw. So you can theoretically clamp more, I guess, or wider things that way in that position. And I also right. got to experience these dog things. And, uh, I also got to experience these hold fast things and I'm like, yeah, this is this is much better. I can like clamp things anywhere on the face of the bench with one of these little hammer thingies. That's pretty slick. I don't have to like get a clamp out and clamp it to the bench. I can just put this thing in anywhere and mm-hmm. boom, done. That's nice. It's very satisfying too. It know. is. Give a good whack and you're like, yeah. this you get that thud. This is magic. Like this this shouldn't work, yeah. but it does. Well, especially for like as old as that technology <laughs> yes. is, it's it's one of those things like especially someone who does like to make fun of <laughs> the Neanderthals in our community, <laughs> like Shannon, mm-hmm. uh, something that is that old and that simple, but there's really no better alternative to it. Like there's n- anything else is going to get more complicated, be more work. I mean, a hold fast is just one of the, the best things ever invented. Yeah. So if you're not using hold fast, get on that now. Get on it. You want to get on it. And then the well the egg, the mm-hmm. end vice with the dogs. I'm like, this is so much more efficient and convenient. Because you can just pinch things whenever you wherever you need them, long things, short things, like perpendicular, parallel, doesn't matter. Pinch that thing, it's held in place, and you can do all kinds of stuff. So like the the work holding, mm-hmm. like it's almost like mundane if you think about it. Like, oh work holding, woohoo, mm-hmm. cool. But 
the freedom it gives you to actually not worry about holding a work and you can just like actually work. It's like, yeah, life changing. And I don't think you quite, I didn't understand <laughs> it until I had the experience of moving to that style of bench and you, you don't have to worry about the work piece moving or any way of holding it. You're like, you can actually focus on doing the actual woodworking versus I'm, I'm working on something and I'm worried about it slipping because it's not clamped that well. Yeah. I mean, now that you mentioned that, now that I've been working on a good bench with good work holding for so long, I don't even yeah. think about that. But you're absolutely right. I, I take it for granted now that I almost always immediately have a way to secure something so I could do the work and I don't I have to think even too much tell about you it. I number of times before I had the Rubo where I was like r- trying to route something and I had a clamp to the bench and it wasn't clamped well enough. And then the piece starts moving as you're routing. And you're like, okay, this is annoying. Yeah. It's probably not safe. And depending on Terrifying the operation, as well, but annoying. <laughs> you know, I, we we have a little different aspects on things, I guess. So, but <laughs> but it's just so annoying. You're like, I just I just want to be working. I don't yeah. want to worry about the workpiece moving. I just want to get to work and not worry about it. And well, I mean, I think that's cool. always been like a sign of a good tool is it does what it's supposed to do and like it kind of just blends into the background. You just turn it on or put it to work, and it, and it does what it does. It's when it doesn't do a good job, like it doesn't hold the fence setting or the depth <laughs> setting doesn't work. That's when it becomes annoying. And I mean, the workbench is nothing but another tool in, in the shop. And if it doesn't do its job well, you notice it real quickly. Otherwise, it just kind of blends into the background. And you're right. You take it for granted. Yeah, and I do now for sure. Like, I don't even know what I would do without proper work holding. I would get a lot more frustrated, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be frustrating. It's generally more frustrated. Well, Shannon, um, I'm, you know, similar story. I had, you know, the quick clamps and F clamps, and I did get that uh, Craig surface clamp that I put into my, um, my, I don't even know, cabinet top is what I'm going to call it. It's not a workbench or a work table. It was a cabinet top. But that Craig surface clamp was kind of my first specialized clamp because up to that point I was just using, you know, your typical F clamps that worked really well, just for the same reason that a hold fast works well. It's kind of, I could stick it right in the middle of the bench. I worked with that for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. when I did actually buy a face vice and I think it was actually called, it was a home Depot, probably a Jorgensen product, Jorgensen, Jorgensen, whatever. Um, Jorgensen, you know, and I put the two, uh, uh, wooden jaws on it. It actually to this day still lives on my sharpening bench. It's specifically what I use to like hold a card scraper when I want to like file and joint the edge square. Um, I used that for a while. It it was okay. It wasn't quite as a, a, a revelation as Mad had with his initial face vice because I think it sounds like yours was a little bit bigger than this dinky little one that that I got because it oh, it racked it was like a, a lot. Five inch jaw, maybe. No, oh, right? Maybe it was just. I mean, I don't think I even paid forty dollars for mine. So. <laughs> but regardless, it just it it didn't really hold as well as I uh, imagined it would. And the funny thing is, is I remember growing up, like technically when I actually started woodworking when I was little, um, I had my dad had this ginormous machinist vice, one of those things that probably today costs you know five six hundred dollars, real incredible hunk of iron, and you know you you would clamp something in that and and basically you could tie a rope to it and pull the house away you know it was just so unbelievably <laughs> strong so in my mind i was thinking that's what a vice should hold like and yeah this thing didn't didn't do a very good job of that but then i decided to build my rubo um at the time um benchcrafted was just coming on the scene but uh so i got their their end vice or wagon vice whatever you want to call it but they did not have a leg vice uh, at the time. So I got a wooden screw and the company I got it from bigwoodvice.com no longer exists. Um, That's an awesome they name. were the, uh, I thought you, uh, I thought that was a Lake Erie thing. Uh, so it's, it was uh, a now defunct company. Yeah. Uh, if you go back to like when the blue workbench book first came out, um, mm-hmm. Schwartz used a wooden screw in there. And actually, if I remember correctly, Jamil Abrams benchcrafted Jamil used a wooden vice in his when he did okay. his blog of his workbench build he used a wooden vice and i think he got it from big wood vice as well 
So that was kind of like the place to go to. And I mean, yeah. the, the, the guy that ran it and his name is eluding me now, Steve or Bruce or something. I don't know. Um, it wasn't, it was never really meant to be a full-time job. And I think he was kind of shocked that he had been Oprah by Jamil and by Tours, where suddenly, yeah. you know, all these people were calling him and getting these these screws from him. Um, Lake Erie evolved out of that because once Bigwood Vice went under, there wasn't really, um, and I shouldn't say went under. I think he was just like, stop, please, uncle. Like, I can't do no this must. anymore. I never wanted to make yeah. wood screws for a living, folks. Just stop. He just closed his doors because it just wasn't what he wanted to do, but Lake Erie took over and it's basically the same product, although Lake Erie's kind of taken it up a notch and they now offer additional products. But I um I built my leg vise with a wood screw, and then I built a sliding leg vise instead of a dead man with a wood screw as well. And um that was always kind of a fun little thing. I mean, Jamil built one and I thought, that's a really cool idea. I'm gonna do that as well. Um and I do use it. It doesn't get used obviously nearly as much as my leg vise. Um, but there's been many times when I needed to clamp something really, really wide. Um, that does a great job. The other thing that's nice about it is it's just another leg vise. It's a second leg vise. I put it on the back side of my bench and I use it over there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the benchcrafted end vise, and again, this is a Mark one, like it still has the curved profile. So like you had to actually cut out a curved cavity and the yep. uh, underside of the bench. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like decided to make it square, go figure. And it was so much easier to install than, than what I did. But, um, the interesting thing is, is I rarely use it anymore. Um, hmm. it's, it's there. I've got the line of holes, you know, in line with the clamping and along the face. But my evolution has actually gone to vice heavy and then away from vices. Um, when it comes to face work, I use a, a stop. Um, I use hold fast dogs and stops for just about all no all of my face work um i use like a bench hook and a pairing hook uh a lot just pushing stuff up against a fence and occasionally i'll throw a hold fast in if i need it to like secure it in place i still use the leg vice constantly leg vice just like matt said is, is is awesome you can clamp all kinds of widths of things the only other thing that i did add was i put a moxin vice on the front of my joinery bench so i do have a quote twin screw vice that I use really for, for dovetailing, um, a lot of more detailed work where I want to be up higher and not bent over. Um, this moxin works pretty well for that. So yeah. Nice. That's my story. You know, I thought like, I, I tend to complain sometimes because of Benchcrafted's ingenuity <laughs> and the fact that like I installed an early version of the parallel guide and then yeah. they quickly came out with the crisscross and I'm like, God, would you guys stop? Just yeah. stick with something. Well, and, but it, and it's funny because like even early, your version won everything. So yeah. the the tail vice changed dramatically. They didn't have the 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 what with the leg vice at the time, let alone the parallel guide version. Right. Like that's kind of. I mean, it's well, not. I mean, I, mean, it's, I can it's, remember it's how when, products develop. When Schwarz was pushing out like blog posts of like the old, um, uh, what is it, Saint Stephen's Cross <clears throat> that uh-huh. that it's based on. The crisscross is based on. And it was, you know, was the typical Schwarz post with like an old uh, engraving plate from from a book and 16 whatever, you know, and it was kind of like, well, this is the thing to do. And then somebody decided, well, I'm going to make one of those. And some machinist guy made up one and everybody thought, oh, that was really cool, but it'll never really go anywhere. And then, you know, Jamil and his brother was like, we're going to mass produce one of those. And now it's like on every yeah. bench. And I get mocked openly because I have to adjust the pin on my parallel guide. <laughs> People are like, God, man, what are you doing? All oh, the bending. And I, I have thought about it, getting um, uh, the crisscross, because of course they have it so that you can retrofit it to basically any screw. So I could still use my existing screw. But at the same time, like, yeah. What, whatever our, our earlier guy said, hashtag lazy. Yeah, that's where that comes in. That's not wanting to make money. That's just plain old lazy. It's like, I don't want to have to be taking the jaw off and cutting a big old channel in it. And Ain't nobody got time for that. No, no. Especially once you get one of these Rubos up on its feet, you don't want to move it. Like even tipping it on his side to cut the, the, the channel in the leg. Oh would be like a major undertaking. I would I would need like Matt's log arch or something in order to get it back up. It would do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good stuff. All right. So we just very quickly want to run through some things that I think are just either new, unique, or interesting vice solutions. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to miss some. So if you guys know of something that we didn't talk about here, uh, send us an email. Let us know. 
so first I'm going to mention the pattern maker's vice. So if you think about, if you don't know what you're looking at and you look at this, it just looks like a big metal quick release vice. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, substantially more complicated than that. The installation is a little bit more difficult the way you get it inset into the bench. And the whole point of the pattern maker's vice for the most part is that it's, it can like move around and it can swivel and turn and rotate. Uh, so just thinking in terms of, uh, you know, someone maybe doing a lot of carving, uh, where you might need to change the angle that you're able to get and you need to get out of this sort of flat vertical 90 degree orientation thing that most work benches will will force you into uh, this allows you to kind of put it at any angle i've seen these in action at daryl's shop and it's almost influenced me to go <laughs> down that path but then i realized i'm like you know what though i don't actually need to do this very often and I watch him move it sometimes. And if he doesn't cut himself on something, <laughs> he bangs his knuckles on something. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't need that. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but it does clearly work very well for him. Does he have uh, like so original Emmert? Like there's not a modern manufacturer yeah. of this, is there? I don't think. There is a pattern vices, but I don't think that particular one, which is, I guess it seems like it's the gold standard right. in pattern maker vices is that, that Emmert one. I think his was an old restored one. Uh, that he bought thinking he got a good deal. And then he said after he put so much money into it and buying <laughs> Think, spare parts and restoring it. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. He could have bought a pre-restored one for less money. I remember so, reading once uh, like Robin Lee dropped into a forum. Robin Lee, anybody doesn't know. Lee Valley, Robin Lee. Yeah, that mm -hmm. guy. Um, he talked about the Emmert Vice and how they had actually looked into it and then realized they would have to like build an entirely new line and like probably get like an, another warehouse and hire oh, a bunch of people. And I was like, no, we're not going to do that. So apparently yeah, it's really complex and it's not, it's not just another vice to make. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess that's why nobody has stepped up and come up with a modern version of it. Mm -hmm. Sure. If they did, it would be like $3,500 and people <laughs> yeah. will complain about it. And then three years later, suddenly everybody would have one. Benchcrafted could do it. Yeah, it's true. Um, that's all you have to say about that. Good. Then I'll mm -hmm. talk. Um, well, you guys know that I did back Andy on the twin turbo vice. I got, uh, the big super honking one and then the smaller 12 inch one. Um, <clears throat> this is basically a twin screw vice with only one handle dealy whacker <laughs> on, on the front. Um, and it's all geared internally. And, you know, he's got the gear reduction set up so that it's super, super fast. Um, it's quick release, but you can actually adjust the, um, the gear ratio and get it to advance slowly or quickly. Uh, and it's just cool. <laughs> you put the little acrylic face on and it's very steampunk looky, but it's ridiculous. Like there's no, um, fidgety nature of it. Like a lot of people like Mark was just talking about with the chain drive, um, several people have said that Lee Nielsen got the twin screw, right. But even then it still has some issues it's not really a vice that should be taken out of alignment. Um, yeah. And uh, this uh, twin turbo is, it's, it's, I mean, the reason they call it that is because it is super fast. Um, and it just holds like the Dickens. It's pretty cool. So I've got um, the, the big one partially installed on my bench. And then I decided to, to wait for the little pivot mechanisms. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Andy decided he was going to, rather than static mount it on the bottom, you could have the option to have this little pivot mechanism that could actually cant the, the, the chop at an angle and clamp angled things. And actually the way my bench is set up, because um, I've got the groove underneath that the sliding leg vice runs on, it actually makes the install a little bit easier rather than installing another channel uh, underneath this would be two independent pivot mechanisms so i believe he's moved into production on that i just need to get off my butt and order it um but yeah it's it's just it's typical andy klein it's engineered yeah. to the you know umpteenth degree and with a heavy soup son of cool you know thrown into it so i mean there's no doubt that i, I mean i personally haven't finished mine so i can't speak to firsthand man it holds really well but i mean just looking at um Andy's videos and his description of it and knowing what I know of Andy, um, it's a really pretty awesome vice. So I'm, I was excited to, uh, to jump on that, uh, Kickstarter or whatever that was, mm -hmm. GoFundMe, Indiegogo, crowdsourced thing, whatever the yeah. heck that was. It's cool to see. One of those things. Yeah. Another, uh, clamping solution would be, uh, like using a vacuum system. 
So either a separate system with a vacuum pump or you could do like Festool has their little, like they call it, the vacuum pod thing. I don't know. What is it called? Do you know what it's called? Do they have a special name for it? Some Festool Vaxis or something like that, isn't it? Vaxis. That sounds about right. There you go. This allows you to hold things using vacuum instead of actually clamping them, which is super nice because you can place these actual like holding areas in places that aren't going to get in the way. Mm -hmm. So a fantastic example of this is if you're trying to like, let's say you're doing like a trammel thing with a router and you have to clamp that thing down to something. Eventually you're going to run into that clamp. You got to move the clamps with the vacuum thing. You can hold it right from underneath it and you can go all the way around without ever having to move a clamp. Mm -hmm. So that's super nice. Rockler has these little vacuum pod things. So if you have a vacuum pump already in your shop for whatever you're doing vacuum stuff with, you can just hook these little pods up and you can really customize like what kind of work holding you want to have. So you can screw them down to your workbench or work table, or you can screw them to the side of your table. If you want to hold things vertically, uh, very commonly used for CNC applications. If you don't have a vacuum table for your CNC, you're going to get real fancy. Mm-hmm. You can put these pods on your table and hold your stuff that way. And of course the turners out there are laughing because they're like, Oh, we've had vacuum trucks forever. Ha ha ha. Har, har, har. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know how turners so, are don't discount the power of vacuum that's cool though i gotta look into that for the cnc that's a neat idea yeah uh okay so this one i actually don't know much about it but i was intrigued because of the look there is something about it that's like i i don't want to say that okay i have to i have to be careful with my words here i don't want this to be not complimentary because it's intriguing but i'm surprised that it works as well as it does based on what it looks like. So these are uh, HNT Gordon vices. I first saw these when Philip Morley and I think possibly um, uh, I think Ramon might have these as well. Uh, So I saw it on Instagram. They installed these new um, looks like there is basically if you look at the the bench crafted leg vice and tail vice combo, this is sort of how they address that. Uh, There's a metal vice that would go on the front of the bench off to the side. And then this other one gets kind of embedded and inlaid and uh, it works kind of like a tail vise. So looking at the tail vise, it's very, it's weird. It's got a knurled knob, right? And that's how you, you rotate it and turn the block and move the block. That's kind of, I think that's part of the reason why part of it's surprising to me because I usually think in terms of having more pressure, but many times if you're pinching between dogs, your pressure is going into the dog that's in the bench not the dog that's backing up the work. You put too much pressure there and you could bow the board. So yeah, I can kind of see how that would work. Uh, and then they have the uh, bench vise. No racking bench vise and it's got a little turn handle on there. It's just unique. It's super unique. And I'm interested in it if if only for that reason. <laughs> and, and the fact that two people that I really respect their opinion on things, they're both using it. So I, I would love to, next time I get out to Philip's shop or something, I'm definitely going to get my hands all over that thing and see what it's all about. Uh, but it's HNT Gordon and Company. I just thought it was super intriguing, but I have no personal experience with it. It's very clean looking, right? You know? Yeah, it seems like yeah, I, I know what you mean. It seems like there should be more to it. Like, yep. oh, that can't work because it just looks so, <laughs> you know, inconspicuous. But yeah, it's pretty cool. My yeah, my instinct is because of that, I want to dismiss it, and it's not. That's not fair. It's clearly a very well made thing. It's just not what you typically see. Well, speaking of inconspicuous, there is the um, Veritas inset vice, and this is kind of a, um, again, to quote Mark, how to say this and sound complimentary. Um, <laughs> it's it's a cheaper option. It's it's a less all-in option. Um, Veritas uh, has made a product for years called a Wonder Wonder Dog or Wonder Pup. It's basically a, a brass bench dog that has uh, that's tapped. So there's a, a threaded rod that runs through it perpendicular, and it basically allows you to put a, a, a dog in your bench and then clamp something down. They kind of took it one step further with this, and they actually created um, a, a small, I don't know the diameter of the, the thread, but it's probably, uh, uh, doesn't really matter, uh, maybe a half inch. And it it inlays into your, your bench, so it's just a, a plate that sets down flush with the surface, and it provides you um, clamping. Um, just like an invoice would, but the beauty of this is the channel itself doesn't have to be that deep. So if you don't have, you know, a four inch thick bench top or even a two inch thick bench top, 
This is a really good option because it goes into, Veritas says it'll go into material as thin as one and a quarter inches thick, which again, if you made your workbench top or your work table top out of typical two by construction lumber, you that's what you have, one and a half mm-hmm. inches thick. So this is a great option. Um, they are selling for like $100 or something like that, although they are currently out of stock until September mm-hmm. 8th. Um, Whoops. Sounds Oops. Whoopsies. <laughs> Not our fault. But you know, I can remember um Matt Vanderlist installed one of these on his bench. Um and he's still using it. Oh, did he? Still gets a lot of a uh, a lot of use out of it. And typical Veritas, you know, when they come up with something like this, they usually come up with the various and sundry uh related products. So they have different types of pivoting jaws and things that you can put on this. So it's essentially a wagon vice where the the block, the stop block moves up and down the screw, and you have a line of dogs. Um in line with that and allows you to do a lot of surface clamping but it's just nice because it's a great option for those of you out there who don't have a work bench and only have a work table and need <laughs> yes. something that is inset because <laughs> there is a, a difference a much thinner top sure yeah it's cool lee valley comes out with some really cool things for work holding all right so do you guys know who also has the grip strength of a thousand spartan warriors me uh, hydraulic press channel no it's rockler and keyboard and vice yeah, it could be. I wouldn't know. I've never touched it. A bandy uh, clamp from Rockler? Yeah, should, should, we talk, should we talk about the bandy clamp thing? The uh, the, the great uh, travel of bandy clamps across the country to, to three special hosts. Boy, did mine didn't go that far. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why you got yours earlier. Um, lot to, <laughs> I asked for bandy clamps and boy, oh boy, did we get them. We got some bandy clamps up, up in boy. here. Some is an understatement. Matt got them too and he didn't even want them. What's up with that? Giveaway time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I don't mean to pressure you or anything, but, you know, share the wealth a little bit. Hey, I ain't no gift horse. (laughs) No, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure what that means, but Rockler sells, (laughs) Rockler sells seven inch and nine inch quick release vices that are easy to install. Uh, These vices are manufactured from cast iron with jaws that are drilled out for easy attachment of wooden vice pads. Don't be a dummy like me. Actually put some wooden vice pads on there. Uh, these vices also feature adjustable pop-up dogs on the vice faces. And Rockler also sells heavy-duty quick-release front vice, which features a sturdy dual-guide, uh, I'm sorry, dual-guide rods, which eliminate racking, which is pretty important. While the quick-release feature lets you slide the vice all the way open and closed with an easy quarter turn. And in addition to vices, nice. this is the cool stuff, T-Track can be another good clamping solution for workbenches, especially if you have a work table. Uh, Rockler's Universal T-Track <laughs> features a unique stacked T-slot that accepts both 5 16th T-bolts oh, and quarter-inch T-bolts, as well as quarter-inch hex bolts. That's super important because then you could just go to the local home center and get yourself a regular bolt and it'll work in these T-Tracks. Uh, Rockler also sells T-Track intersection kits, hold-down clamps, auto-lock clamps, stops, and more. And as part of Rockler's customer favorite sale, the T-Track and accessories, 20% off this month. So you're going to want to get on that fast. Right on. Uh, you, you can find links to all this stuff at rockler.com as well as in the show notes for this particular episode. You know, if it wasn't a family name, I would think they would just rebrand as like ttrack.com because they do a lot of T-Track, like cool stuff. Like yeah. we talked about that lighting system that not the lighting system, the, the ceiling mount yeah, T-Track yeah. with all mm-hmm. the sliding stuff. Yeah. If you want T-Track and you want good T-Track, go to ttrack.com. T-Tracks are us. Yeah. Nice job. All right. Well, thanks, Rockler. We appreciate it. So uh, Workbench Alternatives, guys. Let's rip through this so we don't have an hour and a half show like we did last time. Okay. First alternative. I have have no exciting news to suddenly share, so I think you're safe. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. No distractions. No underwhelming Uh, news. Really, uh, I think where it all starts for a lot of people, sawhorses, right? You 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 need a place to work. You whether you have like the pre-made ones, aluminum, metal, or just old school wood, uh, or you made them yourself from some two by fours, uh, saw horses, they're great. They're sturdy. You could put a piece of ply on top and make yourself a nice little driveway makeshift workstation. Uh, so I, it, it all starts there. But I think most people who want to get into furniture making uh, will quickly find the limitations <laughs> of, of that system <laughs> and, and want to do something different. People always ask, how do you build a workbench if you don't have a workbench? Saw horses. Saw horses. <laughs> yeah. That's how I built my Rubo. Yeah. In fact, when I got the top done, 
the top sat on the sawhorses for like six months because I was just having so much fun working on the top. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, I should probably get on and build those legs. But if anybody's ever curious about the holding power of those like Black and Decker plastic sawhorses, it's good. Yeah, because <laughs> that Rubo top it's sat good. on it for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, they do the job. I mean, when when I built my Rubo, I was very careful not to use my old bench as part of the build because I wanted to address that question. Like, how do you do this? So I had um, for years. I've had these the folding metal ones that you can get from like Home Depot yeah. or Lowe's, uh, super, super strong and certainly had no problem, uh, holding the, the bench tops while I built those. Nice. So another thing here, we got the, the black and Decker work woodwork bench. Mm-hmm. I've never used one of those, but it sounds fantastic. Is that like a portamate kind of style thing? Yeah. Or? So basically it's like a little folding deal. So you unfold the legs and then the top has a couple pieces of uh, probably like MDF or whatever, but you can rot- rotate this little arm and it's on a, like a worm drive and the pieces yeah. move in and out. So you can kind of clamp things between them. Fancy. Yeah. And you can also, oh, sure. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people using those. Yeah. 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 yeah they're pretty handy. I, I like, I, I think these are almost in order in the sense of like, what's a step up from sawhorses go to something like that. <laughs> Saw horses with the vet with a built-in vice function. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean and for 29 bucks, that black and decker one, kind of a great place to start. Yeah. We had one of those around the house when I was growing up. Yeah. And, uh, it, was, it was it was a pretty ingenious bit of kit, mm-hmm. as some say. Can I tell you, well, I'm gonna make a confession. I hate that phrase. A bit of kit. Bit of kit. Uh, I don't know why. Don't like the- so you don't like the British, in other words? It, yeah, it's the British. It's kind of like really what that means. It's kind of like when people call a, a, a work bench a work table. Like, yeah, oh, it just drives me nuts. You guys, <laughs> I get I get hung up on words. I can't help it. Your show title is Mark hates the British. <laughs> <laughs> so as as we continue, this is an interesting step up because if you were working on a workmate, you know, Black and Decker, and you kind of want a little bit more functionality in the top. Um, Craig came out with their mobile project center and it, it looks very similar to a Black and Decker workmate, but it's got a more f- flushed out top with a bunch of holes in the top. And mm-hmm. again, <laughs> like Rockler, if you like T-Track, Craig's got T-Track for you. <laughs> and of course, Craig has all kinds of their own, um, like the surface clamp that I worked with for years. Uh, they've got a variety of, um, uh, what do you call those? Grip clamp type things, vice grip type clamps. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. This I think is, is like, if you can't afford an MFT, <laughs> go with the Craig go with Project this Center. Yeah. Also, oversold at Rockler. Um, you could reserve yours today. We're recommending all these products that are not available currently. So that's good. <laughs> Whoops. Check back in six months. Uh, maybe it'll be better. Okay. The next one I have is kind of, uh, I think if you're looking at all of these alternative solutions, easily the most expensive one. Uh, that's the Festool MFT. Uh, stands for multifunction table. I have one of these. Lots of people do. Uh, it's basically a bunch of like three quarter inch holes in the top in a uh, repeated pattern. So you could use that for various work holding implements. Uh, the uh, ex- aluminum extrusion sides that kind of encapsulate this whole thing. You have tracks in there. Uh, so the whole system is is usually built around Festool stuff. But there are lots of accessories that fit into those holes as well as accessories that can fit into the tracks around the outside. So more than just using it with the, uh, the fold down track for cutting plywood and squaring off plywood, uh, you could use it for all kinds of workbench type things, but overall it's still kind of like a folding card table. So, you know, while it's a little bit heavier and sturdier, it's still not exactly something that I'm comfortable going. All right, let's, uh, let's plane a board flat. Like I can't see Shannon having a good time. Uh, <laughs> with this as an alternative, but never see Shannon cardio workout time. chasing it around the shop. I mean, just in general, I can't see Shannon having a good time, regardless <laughs> no. of what he's doing. Um, <laughs> so, out of uh, <laughs> but that said, I think for like power tool users and especially people who are in the world of Festool, um, the MFT is pretty pretty capable. It can do a lot of things. Next one we have here is a uh, the butcher block clamping table kit. From Armor Tool. So this this guy's got like a adjustable height angle iron type of base on casters. So you can roll this bad boy around. And it's got uh, probably like an inch and a half thick uh, looking uh, worktop out of wood. Mm-hmm. And it has a, uh, a grid of dog holes. So it actually reminds me a lot of a welding table in that sense. So you have a lot more flexibility if you want to do things like 
line things up so they're square. You can do assembly on there. So if you want like a face frame glue up or whatever you want to do over that, you can set up some fences and stops to get things at 90 degrees. So you have like the fancier cabin shops have clamping tables mm-hmm. or whatever the heck those are called. You can do something similar with this. You know, this whole pattern uh, seems and, very popular, right? It's it was in yeah. it's in the Craig thing, the Festool thing, now this armor tool. Uh, if you go over to the welding side, it's like the core thing with welding tables. Is it okay? Little yep. little influence from the world of welding. Yeah, well, they're all the holes are evenly spaced, so in theory they should all be the same distance apart, and they're all laid out on a perfect nine degree grid. So you can line up if you put two fences in, you know, pair perpendicular hole slots or whatever. They're, they're perpendicular, so you can use that as reference to get something square. Sweet. Nice. Interesting. Well, or 45, if you run thing across diagonally. There you go. Perfect 45. Okay. Wow. Now, now you're doing math. I can't do that. Uh, wait, wait till I go to 22 and a half. Oh, jeez. Ah. No. <laughs> what are you doing? It's early. Stop it. This can't do it. 11 and a quarter? <laughs> All right. Well, um, this is actually something I looked in for a while. There, you can buy these metal shop stands, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, Rockler <laughs> has metal shop stands. But I've actually seen this on a lot of pro shops, where um, it's a metal shop stand that's on casters. It's got a, a shelf underneath it, and what you're actually buying is the, the metallic part. And you can, of course, you can buy you know a butcher block style top to go with it, um, or you can make your own top to go with it. And and a lot of the commercial shops. I see these metal um, shop stand work tables is what I would call them. That because um, they're not workbenches. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're, they're a little bit spindlier. I mean, again, kind of like Mark was saying with the MFT, I couldn't really imagine doing any hand planing on this. But the key is, is they're fully mobile, and you often see like parts laid out for a project, and literally that work stand just kind of rolls throughout the shop as you go from one tool to the other. You kind of have your your home base of all your stuff on there. Um, and, of course, Rockler has a whole, like, set of modular customizable parts. So you can make them kind of fit to your particular situation, how big you want to make it. You want a square, you want a rectangle, you want an L shape, whatever. You can do all kinds of cool stuff with it. Um, incidentally, this is also something that I see a lot in um, chair-making shops <clears throat> where you don't really need like a big long workbench you really just need a, an area that holds like imagine like a windsor seat you need like a square that's maybe three by three and it's sitting on a metal stand and this is actually uh i've seen this a lot in several windsor chair makers uh, and they roll it around as they're doing stuff because there's there's really not a lot of huge lateral force on that bench it's mostly just kind of straight down whether it's drilling or, or chopping or something like that mm-hmm. cool uh, how about a torsion box? That That is something that a lot of us wind up with in our shops for assembly purposes. I get a lot of people who say, well, I don't have as much space. I'd like to use this as a work surface and, uh, you know, put some vices on it or put the holes in the top, you know, MFT style. And uh, that's certainly a viable thing to do. I think you do have to be careful, though, with a torsion box because of its nature. It's hollow, right? There's nothing in the middle. say. Don't use a lot of dogs in that. Yeah, so if you're putting a lot of dogs, you you Swiss cheese it. Uh, you you might mess with the structure a little bit. Uh, and if you put a vice on there, you know a lot of times these add-on vices are secured with uh, with lag screws. So where's that lag screw going? <laughs> what is it going into? Um, you probably want to, if you're going to do something like this, you may be able to maybe beef up one area where you yeah. know that you're going to install. Plan, plan ahead. Yeah, for sure. Definitely plan where you're going to have those vices and work holding uh, implements because it's going to it's going to be a factor down the road. Uh, but uh, torsion boxes are great. Um, you know, I actually was thinking, speaking of Daryl, I mentioned him earlier at his shop. I was it was almost a game changer. It was one of those things where I was like, yeah, this is a good idea. Like I want to I want to do an outfeed table in my shop, a new one. And right now it's a torsion box uh, that I'm using there. So I'm going for something a little bit more, you know, lighter duty. I don't think I need the the flatness of a torsion box. I don't even know that it's flat anymore anyway. Uh, so I'm going to do something different. But I still like the idea of at least having a small area that I can guarantee myself being dead flat and not having to worry about it. So uh, we were about to do an assembly and Daryl pulls out this two by four portable torsion box and he places it on top of a cart and starts doing some assembly on it. He was basically gluing up frames, uh, web frames, and he wanted them to be nice and, and dead flat. 
and being able to kind of clamp them to a flat surface. And I'm like, now that's an idea I can get behind. A, a simple two by four thing that you can kind of tuck away, maybe by your sheet goods or something like that. And when you need to do, because I, I never need a four by eight flat surface, right? Like yeah. I can't imagine any time where I'm actually truly going to need that. But I do often, you know, would, would benefit from having a small two by four area that I know to be dead flat as a reference surface. So I'm like, ah, maybe. How, how heavy was that though? I mean, like if I think about moving my assembly tabletop, which is not much bigger than that, it's like you'll kill yourself. Yeah, it's not that big. <laughs> I mean, did I say two by four? It's probably more like two by three. Uh, okay. So it's it's definitely manageable. And I think even if that's, you use maybe you, you <laughs> use ultralight MDF or something in, for the core. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, and he's actually had some solid wood as part of the structure. And uh, I guess if your ribs aren't that tall, it <clears throat> helps too. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and because it's smaller, you don't need to have it as thick. You know, it doesn't need to be like a six inch thick table. Uh, and he, and I was like, so I'm curious. These look like they were built a long time ago. He's like, yeah, they're like 30 years old. I said, how <laughs> how flat are they? So the next day I came in and in the morning he had measured before I got there and the, he has two of them. And he said one of them was still to this day only like a couple thousandths out of flat in one spot. It's pretty good. I'm like, that's pretty freaking impressive. So anyway, not to get off on a tangent, but torsion boxes still, I do think they, they have value even though I'm going to be getting rid of one. I feel like those are those are like fighting words in Daryl's shop. You know, how flat are they? Yeah. Aha. Okay. Well, I'll challenge accepted. How dare you? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I happen to have this uh, caliper in my pocket. I feel like if uh, any woodworker would ever like do an assembly like on a granite surface plate, the machinist used for checking for flat, yes. Daryl would be that it guy. Would be would be guy. I'm actually kind of surprised he doesn't have a surface plate. Yeah. Those are pretty great. I, I got some work done at one point and had to go into a uh, machine shop and I saw this giant slab of granite yeah. there and I'm like, yeah. what is that? <laughs> and they're like, shut up, kid. Get out of here. I'm, I'm pretty sure like I thought about that. Like if when I have space for it to have a surface plate yeah. and then like the machinists will kill me when they see me over there with my wood glue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well you gotta you gotta go to a forum and post the question about what's the best way to get uh wood glue off of your granite slab <laughs> well i don't i just don't want to scratch my, it guys so what do, my, what do i do my double a grade <laughs> granite surface plate. what's what's the best drill bit for drilling dog holes in my granite surface plate yeah 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 yeah, yeah. perfect <laughs> good idea all right matt oh man well, matt, i assigned of, uh, i assigned this one to yeah. you but i I know of this. I've seen this thing a gazillion times. Lots of people use it, but I, I want someone to explain me the overall benefit of this thing. So go for it. Oh, I have to. I have to that Please do. Okay. So speaking of torsion box inspired designs, how about the Polk uh, workbench by uh, that guy? Ron you know, Polk. That's Ron Polk. Yeah. It's definitely more like power tool inspired mm -hmm. and focused. So He's for those of us who are out guy, there. Right? The what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Rumpel peel. Come on, people. Don't you watch late night infomercials? So wait, you made this connection just because they have this the same first name? <laughs> that's so no, weird. That's just how my brain works. When that's I saw very Ron random Paul, of I you. Like, I, I mean, maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. I, I went straight to. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you're very chicken. hungry. Okay. It's it's almost lunchtime there. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So this is uh, sort of uh, torsion box inspired. So you have a top skin and a bottom skin, but instead of solid sides, you have uh, cutouts, which allow you to store things inside the tabletop. And it also reduces the weight, which makes these things really portable. So this is going to be a great solution for like contractors who need to take a work surface to a job site and have a nice flat, very versatile work surface that they can set up on some jaw on some uh, on some saw horses and uh, get to work. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people who are a little more powerful focused or more focused on moving their bench between different workspaces. This is very popular with them. Doesn't Jay Bates have that? I could have sworn I've seen a Paul. He did, I, don't, I think he got rid of it at some point, but he had he he did used at some that point. for like a year, for a few years. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It looks very cool. All right. Well, I think that actually, that might do it for us today. Um, remember that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler. Rockler is a family owned business since 1954. They're your go-to source for high-quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, 
or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use the code WOODTALK, all one word, to receive free shipping on most orders over $39. We do appreciate the questions, folks, and we do appreciate when you reach out to us with kickback. Um, just be prepared for us to kind of make a running joke about your kickback through the entire show. So <laughs> if, if that if that's what you're into then you can go to woodtalkshow.com. There's a form you can fill out there, or you can record a voice memo and you can email it to us at woodtalkshow at gmail.com. Or you can just find us around the socials, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, <laughs> etc. Um, you can find us there at, at woodtalkshow as well. So yeah, I think, do we have a social call to action? Yeah. I want to see your favorite vice in the shop and why. All right. I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.